Let's go to John chapter 16 tonight. We're going to pick up where we left off two weeks ago. We had Brother Lowry here last week, but two weeks ago we went through chapters 14 and 15 and we talked about the Comforter of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about how the world is actually better now that we have the Holy Spirit on earth instead of Jesus Christ. And we're all looking for Jesus to come. We want to see Him. But you know, Jesus said it's expedient for you. It's this. It's better. It's profitable for you that I go because if I don't go, then the Comforter can't come. And the disciples they did not understand everything Jesus was trying to tell them at that time. But we talked about how during Jesus' ministry, while you know there were multitudes of people that were affected, he only had 120 people with him at the end. And so. Um, you know, you could say on one hand, well, not really much of an impact, but the impact he had on those 120 people, it was something that was huge. And once the Holy Spirit showed up, I mean, we see a literally a global impact that is still going on to this day. And I believe that it is important that we uh, we take advantage of the one who is here right now, Jesus Christ is not here right now. You know, Wednesday we talked about how you know no one's ever seen the face of God um, in, not in His glorified state, and we're not going to see that until I don't I don't believe until after the millennial reign of Christ, uh, the new heaven and the new earth. But right now we do have the Holy Spirit, and if we want to accomplish anything, if we do want to learn more about God, if we want to make a difference, we do. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and so I, I, I want us to. Starting in John chapter 16, and we're going to look at some more things here. We're going to kind of look at really what the goal of the Holy Spirit is. What He wants to do, uh, the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And it really is pretty simple um, what He wants to do. But I think there's some great things we can learn in this passage. So let's start reading in verse 1. It says, "...these things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you..." will think that He doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor Me. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. So right here, we see the Holy Spirit. One of the things that I believe it does, it, was, it does the very thing that Jesus did right here. Notice how Jesus said, I've told you these things so you won't be offended. He's given them a lot of bad news before in the previous chapters, and he they didn't understand it. They were worried. Remember in John 14, he said, "Let not your heart be troubled. Okay, you believe in God, believe also in me." And there's a theme throughout these chapters too, and it goes along with what we're talking about tonight of believing God and believing what He says, believing His words. But the Holy Spirit, one of the things that He's going to do, He tries to reveal things to you ahead of time. He wants to teach you lessons that you need to learn before you're you know, faced with that situation. Most people today, they learn things the hard way, don't they? And the Holy Spirit, He wants to teach us things ahead of time. That way we'll know. He, Jesus here, He's trying to warn His disciples, hey, there are some bad things coming. And He told them that because He didn't want them to be offended. Because what do we usually base, how do we usually base whether or not we're in God's will? Well, we usually go by how good things are. Wow, I'm doing good right now. I've got money in the bank. You know, I'm able to pay all my bills. Uh, I'm healthy. I've got this going for me. I've got that going for me. I must be in the will of God. And sometimes we're if and this is terrible, but boy, 
Baptists, we do this all the time and preachers are probably some of the worst. If we see something bad going on in somebody's life, well, I wonder what they did to upset God. I wonder what they did to anger God. They're obviously not in the will of God. Look at all the problems that they're having. But you know, it's very clear in the Scriptures that when you're serving God, when you're doing the will of God, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be difficulties. Jesus just told them people are going to try to kill you and they're going to think they're doing God a service by killing you. That is not good news. But Jesus, He knew how they thought. And so He's thought... But he's thinking, if I tell them this ahead of time, they're not going to be offended. You know, and they're not going to be wondering what's going on. He's told us what's going to happen, you know, in the end times. We talked this morning about Antichrist. As we see the world getting worse and worse, it's not causing me to think, wow, you know, where did God go wrong? No, it's happening just like he said. As I see churches going farther and farther the wrong direction, more and more false doctrine being taught, and as you see people falling away, it's actually motivating me. It's actually getting me more excited. It's making me want to stand even stronger for the truth because that's exactly what the Bible said was going to happen. You know, God's Word, it reveals things. The Holy Spirit, He'll reveal things to you ahead of time so you will believe. So you'll do the right thing. The Holy Spirit does. He tries to teach you things before they happen so you will believe when they do happen. You'll believe what? You'll believe what the Word of God said. You'll trust the Word of God. Verse 5, But now I go on my way to Him that sent me, and none of you ask me, Whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send Him unto you. And when He has come, He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on Me. The Holy Spirit, He tries to teach people about the one sin that they need to repent of in order to go to heaven. And what is that sin? You know, People say all the time, you've got to repent of your sins. Well, it's actually you've got to repent of your sin. And what is that sin? Well, it's the one that's mentioned here. You've got to believe God. You've got to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. So, if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to go to hell. I mean, really, that is the one sin that you could say you have to repent of. You have to repent of your unbelief. And repent, it means to change your mind. You've got to go from not believing to believing. That is the thing that you have to do. And the Holy Spirit, He tries to do that. He reproves the world of sin. Okay? And of righteousness. And of judgment. You know, the Holy Spirit, He tries to teach people to live righteously. And is that, why does He teach, why does He want to teach the world to live righteously? Is it so we can go to heaven? You know, because there are the people that do, you know, think, no, you gotta repent of your sins. And they might take this verse and say, you know, of righteousness, but why, you know, if you have to repent of your sins, well, how many sins? All of them? Do you have to quit doing all sin? Or is it just, you know, some sin, the big sins? Or is it the sin of your unbelief? Like you see pretty consistently taught throughout the Bible. Why is he mentioned righteousness? Well, here's the thing the Holy Spirit is going to continue speaking to you after you're saved, trying to get you to live a righteous life so you can be a light to the world. 
so you can let your light shine because Jesus Christ is not in the world today, but we are in the world today, aren't we? And Jesus Christ, He taught His disciples, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in the heaven. The Holy Spirit, His goal is to get people to believe God. And one of the things that will help people believe God is if He can get God's people who have been saved to start living righteously. And if we would live righteously, our light could shine, we could be an example, and people would get saved. The Holy Spirit teaches that judgment is coming. Okay, of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He he lets us know that. He points those things out to us. He uses the scripture. The scripture is just full of example after example, showing us, you know, that you know, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. If God spared not the angels that sin. You know, he always refers back to uh the great flood. Okay? We we say we believe in the great flood. And it's like a lot of Christians believe in the Great Flood, but they don't believe God's ever going to punish anybody else. Hey, if He wiped the whole world out except for one family, you know, He's going to judge the world again like we see in Revelation. We see you know, Sodom and Gomorrah. Another example. And the Holy Spirit, He teaches, he teaches us that. Why? So people will get saved. So they will believe God. And then verse 13 says, How be it, when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. See, the Holy Spirit, He's not going to teach you anything that God's Word does not teach you. Now, this is an important thing that we need to understand about the Holy Spirit. Because if you ever had somebody come up to you and well, I really feel like the Holy Spirit's leading me to do something that's just absolutely ridiculous. Something that you know is not the will of God. I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to get out of church. No, I don't think the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to do that. Yeah, and oh, who are you to tell me what the Holy Spirit says? I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit over you. Well, listen, the Holy Spirit is not going to tell you to do anything that the Word of God does not tell you to do. They're never going to conflict with each other. Now, your spirit will tell you all kinds of things. And some people don't know how to tell the difference, but notice what it says. You know, he's not going to speak of himself. The Holy Spirit never draws attention to himself. The Holy Spirit is always going to try point you to Jesus Christ. That's what he does. The Holy Spirit, he's going to draw you to Christ. The Holy Spirit is going to reveal things to you through the word of God. The Holy Spirit, you know, he might help you notice a certain passage in the Bible. The Holy Spirit might cause something that's being preached to maybe uh, you know, jump out to you and maybe stir you up because he's wanting you to he's wanting you to reveal a truth. The Holy Spirit's trying to reveal a truth to you that came from God. Not not something that came from the Holy Spirit. Something that came from God. The Holy Spirit said, you know, whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Okay? He doesn't come up with his own thing. Sometimes we come up with our own things. Sometimes preachers come up with their own things. I just feel led of the Holy Spirit right now to, you know, to, you know we're going to pass the plate again. You know, I just feel led of the Holy Spirit to make sure none of y'all leave with anything in your wallets. You know, let's, the Holy Spirit tell me to do that. And y'all better do it. You don't do it, you're going to be blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And you're probably going to be dead before the day's over. And, 
You know, you got to be careful with that stuff. Okay, that's just I, I thought of that. You know, I came, I came up with that, and the whole and people do they come up with crazy things that they say the Holy Spirit told them to do, and the Holy Spirit He only speaks what He hears, and the things He hears, you know, they come from God, they come from the Word of God. Say, so, well, maybe the Holy Spirit's telling me something that God in heaven just told him. Well, you know what? God's not going to go against His own word. God is not a double-minded man like many of us are. You know, one of the things I love the most about Donald Trump is listening to him say one thing, and then just he'll like totally, totally change it, and it's just hilarious. And he gets away with it. It's, it's funny. You know, he like made fun of the Carly Fiorina's face that one time. You know, and and she said something to him about it in the debate, and he's like, she has a beautiful face. He just changes it. You know, he said Ben Carson the one time wasn't a very good doctor, and then later, you know, he's like, oh, he, I think he's a great doctor. <laughs> and it's just, it's funny. I mean, it shouldn't be funny, but it is funny. I, I laugh at it every time I hear it, you know, and God does not do that. Okay? God does not send conflicting messages. Okay? God is very consistent, and the Holy Spirit is only going to speak of things that come from God. And so people do. They like to use that and say, the Holy Spirit told me, the Holy Spirit's leading me, you know, the Holy Spirit's leading me to go to a Calvinist church. No, he's not. You know, a spirit of deception is leading you into that. You know, don't. You know, it's amazing the things that the Holy Spirit gets blamed for. Just crazy things. And so we just got to understand. You know, right here in verse thirteen, he does not speak of himself. Jesus Christ is making it clear. You know, this is something that is from God. He is not trying to draw attention to himself. He's trying to point people to Christ. And then verse fourteen says, He shall glorify Me, for He shall receive of Mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are Mine. Therefore said I that He shall take of Mine, and shall show it unto you. So the Holy Spirit, He does not do His own work. The work that He's doing, it's the work of the Father. Just like Jesus Christ, He came to earth not to do His own work. He came to do the work of His Father. He came not to do His own will, but the will of Him that sent me. And He's saying here that you know He's, he's going to glorify me. And Jesus Christ is not going to be glorified if the Holy Spirit is leading in a contrary way. And you all and you'll see the stuff that goes on too in the name of the Holy Spirit in churches. You know, we've all seen the work, you know, we've all watched the videos. And I and I've been present at some of these meetings where supposedly the work of the Holy Spirit was to get people running around acting like maniacs in a, in a church service. You know, the work of the Holy Spirit was getting a guy to jump into a baptistry or do a somersault on a platform or I mean just crazy things. You know, the whole the work of the Holy Spirit was getting a lady to stop singing her song and just start screaming. Okay, I've been there. I've seen it happen in purpose, in person. And you know what? Maybe I'm wrong for saying this, but it's hilarious watching it. But you know, it probably should be hilarious because people are blaming the Holy Spirit for this stuff. You know, how is that the work of the Father? Do you does anybody ever seen that in the Bible where you know people just did anybody ever see Jesus just running around and going crazy and acting like a nut? You know, you don't ever see that. You know, but people do it all the time. 
And they say it's the work of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit, He doesn't do His own work. He does the work of the Father. And He's going to glorify God in that. And He said, we gotta, we got to be able to see past some of these things. But then, go to verse 16. This is kind of the main part of the message, or the part of this passage too I want to get to. Verse 16 says, A little while, and ye shall not see Me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see Me, because I go to the Father. Okay? Now, forget that you've read the Bible. Okay? Forget that you know what's going to happen later. And imagine, what would you think if you were the disciples and Jesus said, hey, a little while and you're not going to see Me. And a little while and you're going to see Me. What is going on here? And this is, and this is so important. I want you to get this because I believe we are facing in many ways the same thing that the disciples were facing right here. Okay, This is a time when... This was a, a scary time for the disciples. Okay, Jesus was not real popular. They knew people were plotting against Him. And Jesus is telling them, I'm going to die. And so He's told them these things and He's told them a lot of things they just did not understand. And then He starts speaking to them in Proverbs and they don't get it. A little while, and ye shall not see Me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see Me because I go to the Father. Now, what would you think if you were the disciples? Okay, Now, we know what Jesus is talking about here. Hey, in a little while, you're not going to see Me. Meaning, in a little while, he's going to die, isn't he? Now, usually when somebody dies, that's it, isn't it? They're done. But we know three days later he was going to rise from the dead. But they didn't get that, and they, you know, that they were going to see him again. That's what Jesus was telling them. But they did not understand what he had just told them. Verse seventeen. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. And because I go to the Father, they said, Therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while, we cannot tell what he saith. Have you ever read something in the Bible and just like, I don't get this. I don't understand this. I mean, have you ever just gotten frustrated before? Just go ahead and be admit, you know, admit it and be honest. Yeah, sometimes it gets frustrating reading the Bible. Why isn't this clear? Why isn't this plain? Why couldn't He just say, this is how it's going to be? Why does He have to speak in these dark sayings that we see sometimes? And then verse 19, "...now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask Him, and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves of that I said, A little while, and ye shall not see Me, and again a little while, and ye shall see Me? Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Now, we get this. You're going to weep and lament. Nobody wants to hear that. The world's going to rejoice. Okay, They weeped and they lamented after He died, didn't they? And the world rejoiced. Hey, we finally got rid of this Jesus. We got rid of this guy that was calling himself the Christ. We got rid of Him. They rejoiced, but three days later, we see Him rejoicing, don't we? But understand, this is before. This has not happened yet. And they did not get this one bit. This does not make sense. How, how does that work? Just try to put yourself in their position. How in the world does that work? We're weeping, lamenting, the world's rejoicing, but then our sorrows turn to joy. You know, it, it was, that was tough, wasn't it? That was tough. Let's just admit it. We 
So, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We can look back and we see exactly what the Bible is talking about here. Verse 21, A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And I've seen this firsthand. You know, when my wife had Lana, man, she was in travail. She was in pain. It scared me. You know, I mean, I've watched her had five kids before that, but that one scared me a little bit. You know, you know the first one was the scariest one. I know because that was a new experience watching that. But boy, I remember it, it really did. It kind of it kind of scared me. And I remember she she did she had all of a sudden finally Lana, she's born. She comes out, and they handed the baby. You know, and I'm still there, just kind of. And, and she's and all of a sudden, man, she is just acting like nothing happened, and she's she's talking to the nurses like everything's normal and just happy, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, so, so I guess you're gonna survive, you know, because I, I was I was worried, and and I guess a lot of that too they say is hormonal too. After a woman has a baby, you know, they get all, they get just kind of this rush of hormones that makes them happy and feel good. And, you know, I don't understand all that stuff. But I, I just, I would just never forget it, you know. Me, it, 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 after she was born, it, I'm just, I'm still kind of panicked a little bit, you know. Sometimes, you know, you've all seen, the, you know, heard the stories of women they had the baby and then they died a little after that, you know. And it was, I'm just, I'm still just kind of shook up and I'm just floored listening to her talk to these doctors like nothing happened. And it's like, <laughs> you, if if I was in that much pain. I'm going to be laying around feeling sorry for myself for the next month. And and here she is a minute later acting like nothing happened. And that was just that was strange to me, but you know, it's that jo- part of it is that joy that hey, here's the child. Here is the reward for all that labor, that 9 months that you carried in, that those hours of excruciating pain you went through. It's all worth it now. Here's the baby. And you know, think about that for us, you know, when you read about things that are to come, you know, it gets scary sometimes, and it doesn't sound sorrowful. But boy, when the rapture comes, who cares about all those things before? You know, you think about people who've lived their life for the Lord. You, you think about the martyrs. You think about those people who died those horrible deaths. You know, maybe they were fed to the lions. How horrible that must have been. But you know what? I personally believe that when they got to heaven, they got over it just like that. We can read those stories about them and we can be traumatized by it. And it can bother us for maybe several hours. But understand, as soon as they died and were present with the Lord, it was over. No more sorrow anymore. They, they forgot about it. It was worth it. They'd do it again, I believe, if the Lord wanted them to. That's the kind of joy that's waiting for us. And, so, you know, and Jesus, He gives this example. And so, I mean, think about how scary that must have been for the disciples when Jesus was dead. Knowing, and then those three days, they're thinking, they're looking for us. The three days, they're kind of in hiding. They killed Him. They're going to want to kill His followers. We are, you know, there's 11 of us of His 12 left. Judas is already dead. It's only a matter of time and we're going to die. But boy, just imagine what it did to them when they finally saw Jesus Christ. And, I mean, just the joy that must, I'd think it'd been all worth it. Right then. You know, who cares about those last three days? Who cares about all those sorrow we had? Look at the joy we're experiencing 
right now. And then verse 22, it says, And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. It'd be hard to get over the resurrection, experiencing that and seeing that, watching Jesus die and then seeing Him come back. It'd be hard to get over that. And in that day, ye shall ask Me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in My name, He will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in My name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. Okay, now remember, stop for a second and use your brain. And remember, they didn't, they didn't have the Gospels. They didn't know what all was going to happen. They did not understand it yet. And so Jesus has spoke, you know, we understand everything we've read up to this point. We get it. We, we've talked about it. We understand exactly what Jesus was talking about. But, they still don't get it. And he tells them, hey, the time's going to come where I'm not going to speak to you in Proverbs anymore. I'm going to speak to you plainly. And look at their reaction. It says, um, verse. Lost my spot. Oh, verse 26. And at that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because he hath loved me and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father, and am come into the world again. I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. It's like, Lord, start talking plain now. You know, we sing this in the song, It is well with my soul, and Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. We would love that right now, wouldn't we? You know, we would love it if no more faith, just sight. You know, no more just believing that there's a heaven, believing that there's a God. I'd love to see it right now. I mean,. Anybody besides me feel like that? Yeah, I'd, I'd just rather see it. Okay? And that's what, how the disciples felt. Hey, don't speak Proverbs. Tell us plainly now. Lord, you're here right now. Tell us plainly right now. That, you know, help us understand these things. And just, I mean, that's exactly how I feel many times in my life. When I'm studying things in the Bible, especially prophetic things, you know, why is it so difficult? Why is this so hard? To figure out why couldn't he have just said, you know, why couldn't he have spoken more plainly? Why couldn't he have spoke? You know, why does he have to speak in Proverbs? And that's and so the disciples, you know, tell us plainly. Speakest no proverb. Verse thirty. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee? By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, "Do ye now believe?" Okay, and this is this is so important. Okay, so you know he's like you know they're telling him, Lord, we believe everything you're telling us. We believe you. So just speak plainly now. But then Jesus asked that question, "Do ye now believe?" So the question question did they did they believe? You know, and that's the question I want to ask you right now. Do you really believe the Bible? Now, it is so easy for us to stand here and say, yeah, I believe. I believe every bit of the Bible. I believe every word. You know, I believe it from cover to cover. I even believe the cover when it says Holy Bible. It's easy for us to say all those things. But, you know, do we really believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. He tells them right here. He said, do ye now believe? And then he tells them, Y'all are going to be scattered. 
You all are going to run. He, and that's exactly what they did, didn't they? I mean, just a short time later, the soldiers came to get Jesus and they all ran. Peter, he followed afar off. He, he denied Christ three times. I mean, they were scared. Did they really believe? Because Jesus had told them in plainer words than these before that He was going to die and three days later rise from the again. I mean, He had told them over and over again. But we see in some of the other passages too, it was one of those things, they would never ask Him more questions about that. Because it was like they did not want to know. And we do. We say that we believe the Bible. We say that we believe God. But you know what? How often do we... How many questions do we avoid asking God? You know, Lord... You know, I wonder how many people ask, Lord, do you really want me to be a witness? You know, you know why they don't ask that? They're afraid what the answer is going to be. And I think it's because they know what the answer is going to be. It's going to be something they don't want to hear. You know, Lord... Do you really want me to go to the mission field? <laughs> I ain't gonna ask that. I don't want to. I don't want to find out. He might say yes, and that's not what I want to hear. You know, we do. We say we believe God, but I believe we do. The truth is, there's a lot of things we don't understand, and we're afraid to ask because we don't really believe like we think we do. And the disciples didn't. Verse 33 said, "These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace." In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And so Jesus, He has... So us looking back, we understand every word that Jesus said in this passage to the disciples, but the disciples, they did not totally get it. And part of the problem was, you know, they were afraid to ask Him certain questions of that. Jesus was telling them things they did not want to hear. And I'm afraid one of the reasons we don't understand as many things as we should from the Bible is because there are things that we don't want to hear. There are things that we we don't want to know. You know, I wonder how many people how many of us have certain sins in our life and maybe you've been convicted, but you've never got on your knees and prayed and said, Lord, do you want me to change this in my life? Because we know what He's going to say. It's going to be something that we don't want to hear. And so here's the thing. While it's easy for us to say, I believe believe God. I believe Jesus died at the cross. I believe He rose again. I believe He's going to come back someday. But do you believe He wants you to live a righteous life? Do you believe He wants you to maybe give up some things in your life, you know, do you believe he wants you to, you know, sacrifice yourself for him? That you, he want, you know, that he wants you to give up some of your, maybe your possessions, some of your time, the things that you love. That he might want some of those things from you. Do you believe? It's easy to say that on the good news, but on some of these other things, many times we do. We get real quiet and understand that the whole, the Holy Spirit, which is. Who's with us right now? The one that we are wanting to do a work in our life, His job, the goal of the Holy Spirit is to get you to believe God. The first thing He's going to get wants to get you to believe is that Jesus is a Christ. He wants you to believe that He died on the cross and He paid for your sins. He wants you to get saved. He wants you to repent of your unbelief. He wants you to get saved. And then, but then after that, He wants to you to be righteous. He wants you to he wants to teach you how to live a righteous life. 
That means He wants you to obey the commandments of God. He's going to teach you what the Word of God says. And you know what? I'm afraid many times when it comes to certain things, you know, like maybe an end times prophecy or something, when we look at those things and like, why can't we get this? Well, you know, why should the Lord allow you to understand that when you're not even willing to under, you know, pay attention and you don't, you pretend you don't understand some very clear things in the Bible when it comes to morality, when it comes to holy living, when it, you know, things like separation. You don't understand. You pretend you don't understand separation, but you you think the Lord is required to let you understand you know, end time events that might not even be for our lifetime. You know why is that? You know why why would he why would he do that? And we see that and only God is smart enough to do this. You know, to me, this is proof that this book that we have it comes from God. This is not a book written by man. Because here's the thing. If God would have put it in the Bible, the rapture is going to come at this date. It's going to, you know, this. If he, if he would have outlined everything crystal clear so we would understand every little thing, well, then, every, you know, people would have, I believe, I think people would have believed it. If he would have said, rapture is going to come, you know, September 4th, 2016. What do you think Christians would have been doing for the last 2,000 years? They'd have been doing nothing, would they? They wouldn't have been trying, you know, hey, we got plenty of time. You know, we don't need to worry about this. But it's very clear it's God's will that we be watching. And that's been true for the last 2,000 years. God has wanted us watching. But if He would have said that, you know, if He would have put the date. We would have believed that. We wouldn't believed all the other things. God wants us to believe everything, doesn't He? He wants us to believe everything in His Word. And just like the Pharisees, He spoke to them in parables. And the disciples, like, why are you speaking to them in parables? They don't get it. And you know what? He said it's not for them to understand. You know why? Because they won't believe Me. If they're not going to get saved, it is not for them to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. That that is not for them to know that stuff. And you know what? If we're not willing to believe everything in the Bible, and you know, if we're not willing to believe the things when it comes to holy living, then why should God reveal those deeper things to us? And I do. I believe He wrote the Bible in a way so those who believe across the board, not just those who believe for salvation, but you know, those who believe across the board, they will understand things. They will understand the things that they need to understand. They will know the things that they need to know. He told it he's told us these things so we won't be offended. So we will do the right thing. He doesn't want us to lose faith. He doesn't want us to doubt. He, that's the last thing he wants. He wants us to believe him and that is always the goal of the Holy Spirit to just get us believing God. And so if we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we've just got to start being honest and say, alright, you know what? Yeah, I've got my list of questions and things that I want to understand and I want to know. But what we need to do is say, you know what? I'm going to put these things in the back burner right now. Lord, what do You want to teach me right now? What do You want added to my life right now? What do You want taken away from my life right now? And you start reading the Bible and you start believing it. You start listening to preach. When you hear preaching from the Word of God, you know, believe it. Let it change your life. Let it make a difference. 
Let, I mean, be the kind of person where somebody can show you something from the Scripture and it will, it will change your life. You know, I mean, we ought to be able to have one of these boys, one of these young boys, they ought to be able to come up here in church and if they preach something from the Scripture that steps on our toes, it ought to change us. Oh, they're just kids. They can't tell me what to do. No, but they, if it comes from the Word of God, the Word of God can sure tell you what to do. And you know what? The Holy Spirit might want to humble you a little bit and He might want to use some young kid that you know a whole lot more than to straighten you out. To see if you really do believe His Word. Because the truth is, if it's from the Bible, it doesn't really matter who's speaking it. We talked about this morning, Jesus told the people that hey, listen to the, when the, the things the Pharisees are teaching you, do it. It was from the Scriptures. It was from the Bible. He said, don't do after their works. You know, They say and they do not, but the things they're telling you, they're from the Bible. Do it. And I mean, we could... Get the youngest boy in here. We can get Christian up here. And if he preaches it and it's from the Scripture, it ought to change our life. doesn't matter if he was picking his nose and eating it before he got up and preached. You know, you ought to listen to him if he, because it came from the Word of God. And if we believe the Bible like we're supposed to, we would do it. And then the Holy Spirit can teach us deeper things. And so we need to learn from the mistake... The disciples made. Look at John chapter 20. Just jump a few chapters. This is the last passage we're going to look at. And verse 1, this is after the resurrection. And you know, the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. And she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved, and saith to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. And we've talked about this. They should have been expecting this. Jesus told them. I'm going to die. Three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead. They should have been ready for this, but they didn't believe. Verse 3, Peter therefore went forth and the other disciple and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulchre. And he stooping down and looking in saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulchre and seeth the linen clothes lie and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the Scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Okay, Now when it says they knew not the Scripture, was it because they hadn't heard it yet? No, they'd heard it plenty of times, but they didn't get it yet. They didn't understand it. And when did this disciple get it? After the fact. Then he believed. After the fact. And you know what? I don't want that to happen to me. With the things that God has said is going to happen in the future, I don't want to be there and after it all happens, look back and, oh, now I believe what the Bible says about that. No, I want to believe it right now. I want to believe it ahead of time. I want, to be, I want to be ready for it ahead of time. I don't want to do what the disciples did. We see Thomas, same thing. You know, he wasn't there when Jesus showed up the first time. And then, you know, I got to see it. And then I'll believe it. Jesus, you know, rebuked them. Hey, blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. That's what God wants. That's what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. He wants us to believe Him. And so, let's, the way we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit is just believing the words of God, believing everything that says, believing anything that is preached from whoever it is preached. If it is from the Word of God, we believe it, and we're, and we're going to trust it. Well, you know, 
You don't even have to understand all, but you know what? I, I believe it. I'm going to do it. And don't wait until after the fact. Many people, you know, you know, there's a lot of drunks that you know people in rehab today that now believe it's a sin to drink alcohol. Well, you know what? They'd have been a whole lot better off if they would have believed that before they ever drank, before they became an alcoholic. You know, who cares if you believe now? You know, you've already trashed your liver. You know, you've thrown away a good portion of your life. Why don't you believe these things ahead of time? You know, you got young people all the time that are taught, you know, about morality and stuff and how you need to stay away from the wrong guy or the wrong girl. And then, you know, but they go and they mess around. They get involved with the wrong person. They end up getting burned. They end up getting hurt. And then they believe about morality after the fact. Well, that doesn't do any good. Why don't you, why don't you believe before? Just trust God before. You don't have to understand everything. But just believe that is the goal of the Holy Spirit to get you believing His Word. And I hope you'll do that. So with that, let's all stand together.